welcome to Your Life Matters Soul Connection Podcast with your host, Julie Swadron, Part 2. And that's the inner and outer work, right? It's the, what's the state of being, the state of feeling, thinking, uh, experience inside that we want to grow for ourselves. We do it through meditation, maybe we do it through prayer, maybe do it through walking in nature or something we love. But so often the people on the inner journey, those of us on the inner journey, have difficulty translating it into the outer journey. What do we do when we get into situations where people don't want to connect, who don't want to participate in the International Day of Peace, of which I had several in my first few days of walking the expo site. And I began to focus on them instead of the people who said yes. So another learning of how do I deal differently with conflict, with people who don't want to, with, with animosity or with problems like this and the breakdown of our communications. You dealt with it very effectively of just saying, oh, this is a Lisa moment. My computer's shutting down. I just need to go with that instead of tearing your hair out uh, or whatever uh, to, to work with those challenges in a way that embraces them or is understanding of them. I'm thinking back, me, to those people who didn't want to participate in the International Day of Peace and how frustration can take over or how we can say, no, 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 this is about peace. (laughs) I want to stay in peace and then come from peace and extend peace whatever that may mean, so that we can then create something that works together. So thank you. hundred percent. Well, you're welcome, because that's something I practice and try to administer as much as I can, because life is going to (laughs) happen. Damn it already. Damn it. (laughs) How dare it? (laughs) Well, totally. How dare you say no to this thing that I love or whatever? The tech, how dare this technology break down in the middle of my precious? That could, well, right. But you know what? <laughs> when we come to accept that on this earth plane, there is always it's going to be people are come and go in our lives. People die. Jobs end. We get fired change look at covid my gosh we were just kind of shaken out of what we knew was our everyday experience to suddenly not knowing where we're going to having to reinvent ourselves how are we going to make a living all of these things right a pet gets ill it always comes back to that, you know, the crux of the course. And it was a love or fear. Do we choose peace or do we choose conflict? There's so many ways to get there. And so I do my best to apply, even at a time like this, is, you know, not to freak out that the, the computer wasn't plugged in. Because I usually keep it in my office and I bring it into the podcast to show my beautiful uh, fiance David's art because it's just so exquisite and people love it and it's just so peaceful. And I forgot to bring the plug. Oh, well, I, you know, oh, well, it's going to go off. And if we're lucky, we'll still get the recording for the first half. You handled it beautifully. It was just like because you stayed 
peaceful. I was there too. I was just following your lead. And it was so tremendous modeling, an example. Well, it was also very helpful. It's also very helpful to know I'm not a techie, but God bless Lisa Hope, who is, who produces these, who puts them up afterwards, who takes out the major bloopers. Um, And uh, right. And yay, Lisa. Wait, yay, Lisa. So this is just an example. Maybe we're a teaching example. I don't like to preach, but where life happens in the middle of the best, you know, things, right? But when you choose to take the high road or you choose to breathe before reacting to something choosing to respond as opposed to react I always think of reaction as like a knee-jerk thing that comes from a trigger that goes off often way beyond whatever's in front of us that's triggering us way beyond much earlier in our life so just to take the breath and and leave the situation for a while say i'll get back to this later just become present in a moment of i mean breathing itself i mean totally changes our physiology but you know eric i love what you were saying because i'm finding myself in that place right now in terms of um staying with something that is so important that comes from a much bigger place than my own ego driven this is what i really want to do tell me more tell you more well it was november 11th 2011 when i first put out 11 11 11 my idea of acha the academy for creative and healing arts for people with mental health challenges I have known firsthand how creativity is um, something that lifts people's spirits beyond almost anything. And as human beings, we have an innate impulse to create. It could be a garden. It could be um, it could be a blue box. You know, it could be um, a beautiful, magnificent painting. Or it, it, it could be anything. We all have our own unique way of creating something. The origami that, you know, it, uh, putting these beautiful paper together and creating art. It doesn't matter what it happens to be. but And we can find that way. It's natural. And so many of us lose it. And as we get older and we become adults and we're doing what we think is the most responsible thing in life and that little kid loses all of that. Um, creative impulse and or or not but you know I worked with the book The Artist's Way for 15 years and I watched people come from I I, I worked with it myself but I also um, supported people by facilitating a workshop for that for many for 15 years and it deals with deep core issues as why people aren't doing their creative uh, expression in their life And I've watched so many of my students over the years who didn't think they had a creative bone in their body showing up really tentatively scared to prove themselves right. They had all of this evidence to prove that they'll never make it. But 
working through it and toward and and at the from the beginning to the end the extraordinary results people would see they'd be soaring because they're doing what's innately there inside of their own uh psyche and soul when they let go of the judgments that they had about themselves or because some teacher might have said or a parent or somebody that said oh you can't sing give it up whatever it happens to be are you kidding me you know <laughs> a child comes and shares what he did in the summer holidays and it says marked up with red pen should have put that paragraph here you should have well, who wants to write again right <laughs> so any of that stuff so in my journey through mental illness and spending a lot of time over many years excuse me in and out of um psych wards it was harsh because my innate creativity was just buried under uh, labels and 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 illness and uh, prognosis etc and it was really hard to dig out from under that but i did and what i have come to over the years known is that creative expression can take mental illness into mental health and i've worked in mental health now for many 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 years 30 years and um so this idea of having a center where creativity is is every form of creative expression as well as healing modalities mm-hmm. um so it's it's been on the books for all these years since 2011 and um and i would hold these mental health conferences because it wouldn't go away the 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 the, the seeing this as a a real center and being in fact a um a template for places all over it just wouldn't go away and people loved the idea loved it but at the end of the day it was on my shoulders because i don't know how to i'm visionary but didn't really know how to bring the structure together in the infrastructure and but it's happening now because it is a community initiative the place has been found it's it's on its way to being created in a real more brick and mortar place like yeah so thank you but i i guess all of that long story is one i guess to share that knowledge but it goes to show that when something is so deep inside you can't let it go it's got me that piece you know project got you and pearl and it wasn't something that's letting you go and this wouldn't let me go and i've had other things in my life as other people do too and so i guess what i want to say if you've got something that keeps showing up you know and that it it's it's not it, it it's your soul's calling keep walking those steps take it out and listen to the people that are there to support you and grow that way and that's what you did and have done ever since i mean do you want to talk also about organizing 
you know, uh, the first spirituality in the workplace. And you've been, you've been spearheading that for years and years and years. And I'm assuming that some of that comes through learning how to communicate and bring that out. I mean, you who wrote a book called Coming Out of the Spiritual Closet, it took you forever, sorry to say, or <laughs> for you to feel safe enough to share your true beliefs of your own spirituality when you've been in corporate environments for so many years to come out. Okay. And then, so talk about that. Yeah, so there's a couple of pieces there. And again, um, one of the lessons from both my mathematics training and of course in miracles was integration. How do we mm. connect these pieces instead mm. of divide and conquer? How do we connect and co-create and and bring that understanding? So um, because I was raised to not have anything to do with religion and spirituality and God, that was my father's edict because of his father and how he was treated. And so getting into the course, I was put into conflict, deep conflict, because I didn't want, it was like anathema. It felt like spiritual pornography to have this book in my presence. And that's why I put it back in the drawer when people would come into my office. It was just off. I'd be reading it on the subway and I had a brown paper wrapper around the cover of the book. So nobody would see what I was reading. This is in 1981. So um, I then began to share some of these ideas that were now percolating inside me as an environmentalist of how we could take change to a deeper level. And that through collaborating instead of, of dividing, instead of being anti, how could we be pro? How could we connect with other people's interests? Like a, a garbage collector and environmentalist getting together to create the blue box. That's how it was crossing these boundaries. So with spirituality, I tried to bring it out in non-spiritual ways, but some of the ideas and the way I did it and the things I said and where I was going, people just said, no, 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 we can't go there. And I was so horrified, so embarrassed, so frightened by what was coming up and the idea of, I just can't be myself in the world because this stuff is too threatening and people don't want it. And the where I'm going is just not where they can go. And so I shut it down. I said to myself one day, I will never, ever share this stuff again. Now, I was a communicator in the environmental field. My call is to bring new ideas into the mainstream. I get that from 40, 50 years of living and working. For a communicator to make an internal choice based on external experience that says, no, I can never say that again. This is part of what creates mental illness. And, and the, the, the deep antithetical to life conflict that is within us that says I need to be this think about gay or transgender people whoever who are going this is who I am but I can't be that in the world and the struggle that people in that field that 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 terrain of being and living have had to face think of creative people like your 
partner, David, who says from a young age, I'm going to be an artist. How many times would he have received the message? You can't do that. You can't be that. It's not practical. It's not realistic. It won't make money. You know, we've all had these messages. My father, he loved broadcasting. He loved being on radio. And at some point, his radio career was cut short because people said, there's, you can't do that. There's not enough money. There's that that you're not acceptable or you're what you're doing isn't working. And he shut his gifts down. And for the rest of his life, he didn't express his artistic gifts, his musical gifts, his most of his voice gifts, although he was able to reclaim some of those things. How many messages are we given in life, either externally or internally? You can't do that or be that or say that or bring that out into the world. Well, that's what I did to myself and it took me 20, almost 20, yeah, 20 years to finally get that I had to talk about the spiritual, in overt spiritual terms. I had to say the word God publicly. So it came out of journaling. You know journaling well, right? It's say to this paper what you can't say to yourself or the people around you. I did that for a number of months and we were approaching Christmas in 2003, I think. I don't have any time to, to buy Christmas presents. I'm, I'm so busy trying to get this thing onto paper. I decided I would give to, I'd create a little book called Coming Out of the Spiritual Closet and tell my story to my 30 closest family members and friends and publish, self-publish this little book in which I said the word God. <laughs> It's so <laughs> it still hurts to open up that part of me that is so repressed, so deeply repressed that I can't say that word publicly because of the fears of what people will think or say or uh, past life experiences where I was hurt because of that word and this path. It goes deep in my roots, deep, deep, deep. But wherever it comes from, the result was I shut myself off from my deepest truths and voice. And that's crazy making, right? That's where, if we don't have a way out, we're going to go crazy. And we're going to be mentally bonkers. We're going to not show up in the world. We're going to say, I'm not okay. And I'm not enough. And I can't say that and be that. And I had to claw through, I call it an excavation project of recovering my community, my voice, because I shut down my voice as well in the world. I was no longer out communicating things publicly. I became an assistant to people. I became the person behind the scenes. I became the shadow artist. Shadow. And so finding my voice again really started around that time. So now to connect it to spirituality and work. Uh, somebody else, a woman by the name of Sherry Connolly, uh, started the, the first spirituality work conference in Toronto back in 1998. 
And when I heard that this was happening, it was like, oh, I have to be that, be part of that. And so I became an assistant, an associate, a helper, uh, helping create that conference. And maybe I did a talk in that conference or the, the next conference, but uh, it was a foundation of here's the way people are starting to bring their spirituality out. And I put an asterisk beside spirituality because it's not religion per se. It's the deeper who we are in life that is at the core of that. So I was part of it at the foundation. And then in, uh, 11 years later, she invited me to take over directorship of the Center for Spirituality Work when she was pulling back. So I was no way the founder of that. I was just one who had been on the path who she trusted to come out with that. But going into that position, one of the ideas that came up was hold some breakfasts where people could come out and just chit chat about spirituality at work. I remember going to the first breakfast that I'd organized. I was hosting it and two other people showed up and I could barely open my my mouth to say spirituality because I was so deeply repressed. I just, it was, I couldn't speak it. It was, it held that much fear, terror for me. And just doing those breakfasts was like, I just need to keep traveling the subway in Toronto at that time, show up. And even if nobody else did, or one person, can I show up and say it to one person? And so the position didn't go where I thought it would I was no broadcaster of spirituality work at that time. I was just, can I get it out of my own voice? And that then helped me to open it up little by little and then hold some workshops. Or now I'm a spiritual speaker in unity churches. Uh, but it, 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 this deep reclamation of self, this deep, I wrote down when you're talking about creativity, being true to ourselves and letting ourselves out as being so fundamental to, we may have a call inside, but if we can't let it out, it's, it kills us. And therefore you're helping people open that creative door that says, can I write two sentences? Can I write a paragraph? Can I do either poetry or prose? Can I, can I, through that channel, in whatever my creativity is, writing, rewriting your life or uh, your story, your life matters stories, the acha, the creativity in larger frames, whether it's the, this beautiful painting of David behind you or the flowers behind you. Yeah, creativity uh, from the heart, from love, from truth, is a, a challenge. And so I respect your staying with it in your own mental health issues of, I know this is my way out, but it's a and long it's not journey. just my way out, it's beyond me. Exactly. You know, that that's the whole thing. And that's, you know, having worked in mental health and still working in mental health yeah. here in Victoria, and I have did, did in Toronto and then when I lived in Vancouver and still for all these years, um, I see how so many people fall through the cracks. And so I 
I, I'm so excited, I have to say, when I envision what this, this uh, extraordinary academy is going to be. And I know it will. I feel it in my bones because it's that close now. And so I see it. There's still lots to be done, but I'm holding that space for people to show up and, and I'm doing the legwork as well for that to happen. But there are so many excited people to, you know, to come on board, to be the facilitators. I mean, I'm not as naive as to think that I'm going to hand somebody with a severe mental illness a paid brush and they're going to be on their way. No, but that same person who is welcomed into this beautiful facility and made to feel at home and to have the array of different creative options and healing options and every day to come that that's open to them in these courses and experiences that they just start to grow and know that they can create and and feel their themselves starting to rise again inside and have their voice and and to be that one that turns around and says hey come on in welcome come on you're gonna love this place I mean, I get goosebumps. It makes me want to cry because I know that, um, I mean, I just feel it. I feel it so strongly in my bones. We all need a place where we are nurtured and fostered and, um, and given the chances that we've lost. And, um, and so if I can in some way uh, be a catalyst for that. Oh my gosh. Can I give you a little secret? Tell you a little secret? Okay. You've already been that for people for decades. This is not new. This is who you are and this is what you do. So in your writing groups, you have been the person that said, come, I will hold the space. Inviting people into the place of permission to share, to give voice. First on paper, and I'm sure you had people reading out what they wrote, which is big. So to, to A, to acknowledge it for ourselves by writing it out and letting, opening up the door and not knowing what will come out onto that writing. Or taking a, a past pain or horror and saying I'm going to look at this and I'm going to see it I'm going to describe it and I'm, through my writing I'm going to give voice to things I couldn't say and couldn't see and and then reading it to other people and have permission to use my voice and to be supported you see you've been modeling that and doing it for others for decades. So Ach is just one more step in the process. It's already been done because you've been doing it. Oh, thank you so much, Eric. So much. I mean, I when I look at who I was, and you can do the same thing, I know that's one of the ways in which we relate. Um, I, there's, there's very little resemblance to that terrified 
person who was constantly told how stupid I was, and especially by my grade six teacher who failed me and always, you know, would call me after class and say, you're so stupid, you're a disgrace, get out of my sight. And, you know, I mean, I just, and, you know, so many things that contributed to having the, such low, low, low self-esteem and how I became who I am, I have no idea. I know that it wasn't, you know, um, without efforting and choosing to just know that I'm more than my diagnosis and my prognosis. And that's what I tried to help other people know too. And that we're so much more than that. So it's, it's kind of walking those steps and because I've done it and because I've been on both sides of the couch as a psychotherapist and a patient, <laughs> right? I, I can traverse those places. I have no fear of going down the deepest rabbit holes with people because I've been there. That's the key. And that's the new generation of change makers is what comes to mind is your You've pioneered by doing. You know, you think of the historic explorers who might have had a vision of from Europe to a new world or scientific explorers, medical explorers, whoever, vision of what could be. It's one thing to talk about the vision. It's another to live it and to walk it and to travel from Europe to a new continent or from Earth to space or for... Uh, First Nations people to start telling their stories of horror and terror. Uh, in the doing, we get how difficult it is to be on that path of, you can never say that, you can never do that, you can never go there. And and that's what I've had to do with my own spiritual terror and bringing it to the outer world in communication. And then into the secular world, how do we build bridges between these? But in the doing, you've seen what it's like to be in terror and, and put down or in psych wards or in whatever, in suicidal situations. And so as you've pioneered, lived, gone through, healed, come forth, you know what it's like to be in those rabbit holes. And I know what it's like to be in those places as well in a different way. And therefore can now speak from that place. And now we're starting to speak like what I'll call practitioners. And I, again, I keep getting drawn to David's picture behind you because as an artist, um, he knows the nuances of color and subtlety and, brushstroke and and texture and and mixing colors and canvases and different kinds of art as practitioners we can speak from the okay when that doesn't work here's another way to try it and to approach it and as a writer you do a coach you do that well i can now do the same thing from change or from spirituality or from personal growth or coming out into the business world or the secular world or the environmental world or the change world and say, okay, yeah, trying that, here's what happened when I did that. But if you hold the paintbrush differently, here you can maybe do it differently. Or if you say this different, if you show up and say this 
to the Commissioner General instead of that. This might work more effectively. So now we're becoming more astute at integrating the inner experience, the healing practice, the coming out, and the connecting with others that then allows us to bring this these years of experience of pioneering into greater expression and fulfillment so others can enjoy the experiences too. So you're, you've had to go through your experiences to be this level of practitioner, to, to master the path, if, if I can use that word, of coming out of the mental health closet or Thank you, Eric. And as, as you have done with the spiritual closet, as you know, as so many of us do, one of the things that I have found um, across the board that um, has been a, a leveling factor is, unfortunately, is the low self-esteem most of us have no matter how much we've done and accomplished. And right, you know, if I could raise my feet, I'd do that too. <laughs> I get it. I get it. That's why I wrote a book called Your Life Matters. And I'm still always, you know, still work walking that path myself. But it is so important, you know, when people just take for granted, oh, yeah, well, you know, I was, yeah, I was a stay at home mom. I mean, you know, I was a single mom, I was a single. Excuse me? What did that involve? Yeah, well, I wasn't out in the corporate world. I was excuse me? <laughs> you know, just no matter what it, oh, yeah, well, I've just been volunteering at hospice for 15 years. But, um, you know, I, I don't think much about that. I, the things that people do and have experience in and that they just do naturally or they've done, but they don't really think about it. Or don't value. Yeah, they don't honor the value. You know, I mean, you're these days, and it's you know, not everybody would be taking on what you're doing. You are spending um, time every day, concertedly. You've kind of left everything else to be with your mom, your 90 year old mom, and your and your um, 92. Your, your 92 year old and your cousin. No, 90-year-old mom and 92-year-old cousin. Yeah, it was just... Sorry, uh, yes, thank you. Right. Yeah, right? And you're their caregiver and you're their their hope and their, their life giver. You are that person who is able to walk in and share your heart and do the physical and the practical things that need to be done to make their life easier right now. Um, and you are that and you did it for neighbor friend in Van in Toronto before you moved out west again, and gave them their life, like quality of life back. When they were experiencing dementia in their relationship. Correct. Exactly. Right. And um, these are things to be incredibly proud of or valued, and. And I, I'm proud of you. <laughs> I always have been for everything you do. And yeah, truly. And I think that it would be very helpful for all of us to take stock of what we do do and have done as opposed to how far we've got to go, yeah. you know. And, uh, and I, 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 for one, have been so 
um, uplifted by the creativity that I have seen, unbounded creativity over this past year and a half, where people who have had like literally catapulted out of everything they've ever known, but had to find a new way of doing what they do and have done it in like, in, in like completely different ways, yeah. right? Yeah. Inventing brand new ways to show up in the world in order to make a living, feed the kids, whatever it is, or say, you know what? I was, I hated that job anyway. This is what I always wanted to do. I think I'll do it. There's, have you ever heard the great resignation, the phrase? Oh, here comes another um, of life's... David um, coming back. There we go. Yes. I didn't no, mean I the great resignation because David was entering. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> we're still having our interview. Oh, sorry. No, that's okay, love. Uh, we were praising you and your painting a moment ago. And it's okay. We're, we're having an interview as, as if life is happening. Because it is right here, right now. It happened a little while ago when the computer uh, decided to stop because I didn't pull in the plug and have to start again. So, yes, carry on. No, and, and we should watch time. We're wrapping up for your, moment. Yes. You know, I, we, you and I could talk for a long time, but let's be respectful of listeners. And actually, what I'm going to—that's that's a that's a false humility, if what I'll call it. I love talking with you and I'm, I appreciate where we're going and I don't want to stop. So I respect whoever's listening to this. And if you want to stop now, feel free to stop, but you go as long as you want to talk. Cause I love this. So I was just saying the great resignation. I was watching a report on ABC news about a month ago saying more people have resigned from their jobs in May and June in the United States than like 7.5 million people or something, way more than any other time. And it's because they've just reached the breaking point that says, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be this anymore. I don't want to be treated this way anymore. Right. And it's, it's part of this voice of the longing, the call, the truth telling, the freedom and permission to say, I got to live. And this isn't it. And so I don't know why I tell that, but it's for me, it's it's part of your journey and my journey. I can't live this way anymore. I can't exactly. do this to myself. That's exactly right. And we come to it when we do. And you know, I I have the belief that there are no accidents in life, and including where what's going on right now worldwide, globally with yeah. COVID. And it, you know, the world had to shut down as horrific as it's been for countless people with deaths and, and, you know, we can, we could go on and on and on. And at the same time, it's like that bell that went off and those bells that went off at the peace conference, right? It was like, um, it's a bell that went off, you know, it was a peace conference, it was a world fair. And it's like the bell has come on, the light, you know, that Leonard Cohen talks about, it's the crack and everything that allows the light to come in. And so the light has come into millions of people around the planet that says enough, 
enough is enough is enough. I don't know what I will do, but I will find another way because this isn't. So we needed to have this pause. And if it was only for a week or two or a month or three, we'd be life as usual. We've needed to shut down and the planet is healthier because of it. I am so excited about the bumblebees that are back. And right, there is so much of nature that has returned to a healthy restoration. And I think everything is a new normal, they're calling it. I don't know where it's all going to go, but I really believe being a, always seeing the glass half full and always seeing, being an optimist and knowing that things can get better and things happen for us, not to us. And I'm just seeing this whole evolution of uh, joy and spirituality and what's possible. And it doesn't matter what language people are using. I think that there is more of community-based as opposed to competition-based. And things, you know, empires fall. And the greed and the manipulation that we have seen for decades I don't think it can sustain itself anymore. And we're seeing it. And it makes me feel really good. And the self-suppression and the denial and the you can't go there, you can't be that, you can't say that, you can't do what Simone Biles did in the Olympics and say, I'm not going to compete because that's going against my truth and my wisdom, my mental health. Yeah. It's a it's a twofold voice of saying we can start to see the repression that we've put ourselves under by following voices that aren't true to ourselves. And we've also can start to recognize that whether we've heard it from outside or from inside, whether we've walked the path of greed or grief of suppressing others or suppressing ourselves of being untrue, to others or ourselves is it the realignment of, of the space of COVID has said, what do you want? Here. What do you want? How do you want to live? How do you want to treat yourself? How do you want to treat others? Can we start, look at what you've been doing yourself, working 12, 13, 14 hours a day at home. Just because you can work at home doesn't mean it's the, the salvation. It's how we treat ourselves at home or others who are working for us at home. It's seeing the shadows and the pain and saying, oh, please, no, I don't want to do this to myself anymore. Enough. Yeah. So, Eric, we probably need to wind down about now, but... Tell us where we can find you. Tell everybody where we can find you. I'm right and, here. Oh, gosh. What's wrong with my... Oh, you know what? Hiding in plain sight. Ah! There you go. Ah! <laughs> um, yeah, these are the wrong glasses anyway. Yeah, where can I find you in on the internet and where... I know you are right here, and that's the beauty of you, is wherever I'm with you, you are so present. 
so present. So um, it'll all be up on the website anyway, um, on the uh, Soul Podcast. Uh, Soul so those are on podcast. audio, sure, um, on the web, which is now where we're finding each other, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so one website is consciouschange.info. You can put a www or not in front of it, it doesn't matter, consciouschange.info. And then myname.com, so it's Eric like the Viking, Hellman like the mayonnaise, but only one M, E-R-I-C-H-E-L-L-M-A-N.com. And there I try to give some people some portals into, oh my God, I give people some portals into what I'm thinking. <laughs> but, oh, uh, yeah, no. No. oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. And you're so... Or my photography, you know, I got a photography I was about to say. Well, which is... Yeah. Uh, photography oh that's on from erichelman.com you can go into my photo music shows i love nature i love photography i love music so i combine those as well and yes so those do. are i think uh uh is it photos.erichelman.com will take you to my photo site so anyway whatever um uh, and just you know my my love i recognize with my mom so I was sitting massaging her feet the other day as she's kind of coming in and out of sleep. And at one point she says, so why do you do this? And I said, well, I like to see you smile. Uh, and um, I do. I like to see her happy. I like to see her connecting, which we do as I, start to massage her feet she relaxes and then she opens up and we have great conversations about uh, uh, all sorts of different things but that connection that joy is there and that's really what i would say to anybody listening is if i can help you out if i love seeing the smiles on people's faces and feeling like people are taking off the covers and and and, and going i can be like those butterflies i can soar i can live i can be myself and if I can help that through anything that I do. Uh, another website I created for COVID, takecareofyou.info, which was uh, 10 different ways that you can take care of yourself. It applied to COVID, but it applies to anything. So that's another place people can go because we're all here. There's so many people doing so many great things for relaxation or for painting or for acha or for um, how do we live more out of this time by taking care of ourselves and each other and co-creating a world we want to live in well it sounds like um, we've come you know full full circle in terms of that question that you know, um, that you have, which is just that, is how do we create um, a world of change for healing? Yes, for all of us. And you do that so well. Send me all of those links so I can get them up on this podcast show and where people can totally easily find you because you are a resource of so many gifts of healing, of life energy, of hope, and uh, incredible humanity and love. So thank you. Thank you, my friend. 
what a beautiful conversation again. And can hardly wait to see what you're up to next. <laughs> I have no idea what's coming next and no, doesn't matter anymore. I just kind of follow what comes up. That's such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful place to be. It really is. It's, it's as Anne Murphy's book, Falling in Love with the Mystery. Being in the I don't knowness doesn't matter. I'll just listen in and follow what I hear. And I'm going to say one thing just to bring my maths and science pack part back and change is it's these two sides of ourselves to be able to touch the it doesn't matter side i'm open to whatever and i deeply passionately care about how it matters and that's the paradox of this human living Um, (laughs) I, i want to be so to listen so much to the inner wisdom that i get what the next piece is and the only way to get there is by really surrendering and letting go so i doesn't matter that I can can be told to take care of my mom or to be told to, to, to know intuitively this is what I need to do is to be open to it, but to know that whatever you do, and I'm speaking to people, whatever you feel your call is, know that it deeply, deeply matters because you do, because the world needs it, because we need the voice and the healing that you are here to bring in. Amen. That's beautifully, beautifully said. Thank you, Eric. Bless you. Take care. God bless. Bye-bye.